Hello and welcome to Cutting to the Ball in the Post-Truth Apocalypse. I'm Ben and as always I'm hanging out with Mike. Hello. Claire. Hey. And Pete. Hello. This week we're going to talk about Anthrax Island. Ooh. 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 Sounds nice. It's not a place you'd want to visit. Doesn't, no. sound, doesn't sound very tasty, Nah, like Mosquito it? Coast, that's another place you don't want to visit. <laughs> no. The mosquitoes are as big as your head. That's it. <laughs> but I digress. Yeah, so we'll thank some new returning listeners and then we'll crack on just with... Just uh, getting bit by one of them motherfuckers. <laughs> Jesus. Well, they just shrivel your head. Just shriek your head right down. <laughs> It'll be like that film with bloody, what's it called? Fucking... Jane, no. Will Jane. Ferrell. Will Ferrell, what was it? The Lost, Land of the Lost. Land of the Lost. When he gets bit by yeah. that bunny, he's got that huge pus thingy on his back. He's oh. like oh, feeling he's, a bit woozy. It's like that big. It's like, fucking <laughs> hell. Yeah, yeah that would be, be, be horrible, wouldn't it? Well, anyway, carry on. Right, well, thanks for the returning listeners. Amsterdam in the Netherlands, always a city close to my heart, Amsterdam. Perryville, Missouri, Bengaluru, India. Frankfurt and Maine in Germany. Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Newcastle on Tyne in the UK, wow. the Bronx in New York, the Bronx. Lille in France, unlucky tonight. Wow. Boo. I was cheering for the French over the Argies. I was actually cheering for the Argies because I really didn't want the French to win. Unlucky guys. We just watched the World Cup final, sorry, this is just <laughs> finished. So just yeah. finished. Ostrava in the Czech Republic, Boardman, Oregon, Hot Springs Village in Arizona. I'd mm. like to live in Arizona. And it's not. Who is it? Arkansas. Yes. Arkansas, right? Oh, Bill Clinton State. I don't mm. live there. I fucking got one! Yeah! <laughs> London in the UK, Seattle, Washington, Crowfold in Germany, Bengaluru, India again. Two in Bengaluru this week. Ooh. Guadalajara, Spain, and Belfast in the UK. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Facebook at Cutting Through the Ball in the Post Truth Apocalypse. You can listen to us on most podcasting platforms as Cutting Through the Ball in the PTA. And you can subscribe to us on YouTube at Apocalypse Ball. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell several friends. Tell a loved one. Just take their phone off them, log into YouTube and subscribe for them. Just do that. Make them fucking listen to us. That's what I do. <laughs> do it with a few taxi drivers. Tell them there's this really funny dude on there. Yeah, called Ben. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, alright, should we go on to Anthrax Island? Sounds nice. Scotland's Grunyard Island, better known as Anthrax Island, is a frightening example of the catastrophic repercussions of biological warfare. And listen, you might be thinking at this point, well, this is a bad episode, but I didn't pick this, it was Mike. <laughs> <laughs> From 1942 to 1943, the British tested the effects of anthrax on the small, unassuming island off the coast of Grunyard Bay and paid the price for the next 48 years. In fact, still longer, it's still going on, isn't it? You still don't want to live there. Nope. Oh, I was thinking of popping there next week and have a check it out, like lick some of the ground. Oh, you, you go for it. If you, that's what you want to do, do Pete. Just to, yeah, man. Taste <laughs> the soil. Is that what you yeah. do on holiday? Lick the soil. Yeah. There you go. Yep. It does explain your extra head after you were to Chernobyl. <laughs> you can imagine the tourists sit on the beach, dry in the sun with full hazmat suits on. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely, this Anthrax Island, isn't it? Really? Who are you? Damn shame I didn't keep my old bloody hazmat suit from when I was in the forces because I could have just got that on and been sound. I've got an NBC suit and resi. That'll do. Might be a bit big for me, but it'll do. It's still sealed. It's, it's... What do you mean? <laughs> if you've all fairness, Pete, it's probably a bit small for me now. 
Oh, it might be alright for me. Then. It might be alright. <laughs> hey, I was only one respirator and one canister, though. That's mine. Sorry. Uh, I can hold my breath. <laughs> so, what is anthrax? It's nasty anthraxes. Yes. It's really nasty. It's like really nasty cocaine. It's classified as an infectious disease. Anthrax has been around for thousands of years, and possible references can be found in numerous historical sources, including Homer's The Iliad, that's from around 700 BC, and poems written by Virgil from around 70 to 19 BC. It is thought that that anthrax was the cause of the fifth plague in Egypt, as told in the book of Exodus. No way. I did not realise anthrax was like something... I thought it was like a manufactured chemical. No, No, it's a naturally occurring disease. So how is it used as a fucking weapon then? Because you weaponise it. it yeah. And turn it into like a powder or something, yeah. I believe. You, you find a way to deliver the spores of that. That was how they were doing it, wasn't yeah. it? it? We'll get to it, don't worry. How they were planning to deliver it. I'm just trying to figure out anthrax, because I just had a preconceived mm. Well, you can send it to the post it. like happens in America. That's, what I, that's, that's my only... How are they containing it, I think he's getting That's my yeah. only knowledge of it, is, is that. So I'm, that's... Oh, no, well, you ever thought it was just a man-made substance? No, no, it's naturally occurring. Wow. Humans are most likely to be infected by anthrax by coming in contact with a contaminated animal, but it can also be found in food and water, or naturally in the soil. Today, anthrax is most commonly found in Central and South America, Sub-Saharan Africa, Central and Southwestern Asia, and Southern and Eastern Europe, and the Caribbean. Although in the United Kingdom, it's very rare, but we did have an outbreak in 2015. Mm. I have changed my mind about licking the soil now. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, sorry. (laughs) I've got to do it. Damn. The symptoms of anthrax in humans are horrifying and can take one day to two months to fully appear. And these include, but are not limited to, ulcers with a black centre, a high fever, confusion, dizziness, vomiting, often bloody with gastrointestinal anthrax, a sore throat, diarrhoea, again, often bloody, and neck and glands swelling. That's just after a good night out, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that's if you get the spore infected wound. Mm. Right? Then you get the ulcer and you get a lot of these symptoms. You can clear that up with modern antibiotics, but it's still a long process. And it's. If you inhale it and it goes into your lungs, yeah. then you're pretty much fucked, mm. still, even now. Because of like mucus and, and swelling and all sorts. It just or? it's yeah it attacks the respiratory system and you just even with the, the, the modern day antibiotics it's really hard to shift and mm. why it's so you're scary. pretty much dead. Mm. Why everyone was so scared of it when it was being posted in America and that? Yeah, and if left untreated and you know it spreads throughout the body it becomes very lethal very quickly and not a nice way to die. But like I say, if you in, inhale it and it gets into your lungs, then you. Even nowadays, you're, you're pretty much... And people died in the US during the anthrax attacks. Yeah. Now, with war crimes abound during World War II, even the British looked to the use of an incredibly unethical solution to ending the war. Biological warfare. As the threat of a Nazi invasion grew closer to reality in the 1940s, Winston Churchill ordered Port and Down, originally established during World War I to study chemical weapons. Now, Port and Down is where we do all of our... Germ warfare, biological weapons research. I was there very briefly for two weeks. 
when I did my MBC instructor's course, Nuclear Biological Chemical, mm -hmm. where they show us what all this stuff does to the human body, and it's not very pleasant. Not nice at all. No. They test it out on the recruits, do they? No, no, no. <laughs> they don't test it out on the recruits, but they have tested it on people. See, as a medic. No, not, not necessarily the British... Because you've probably seen this as well, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, they, they show you all the shit, all the nasty yeah. shit like that, because being a medic, you're the ones that are going to potentially What, are the old it? films of people being... Blistering agents, yeah, especially, yeah. yeah. Not, Tested on. Not nice at all. No. Not not so much that. It'd be like things like like when Saddam had clearly... Yeah, the kids. They, they show us video footage from several conflicts where these things have been used. Yeah, and where this they, is where where it they does. found them, they've, yeah, it's not nice at all, mate, honestly. Ugh. Not nice. None of them are. It <laughs> doesn't matter which ones they were, they're all fucking no. nasty. The best example I'll give you is, do you remember the start of the film The Rock? Yeah. When they steal the biological weapons, and that's like VX gas, which is like man-made, and that's horrible. His face starts melting off. Yeah, your eyes melt, and I was always told that, you know, it's on in nine or home in pine. You have nine seconds to put that gas mask on, or even a coffin on the way home. Oh, and that's what you've got. On in nine or home in pine. <laughs> That was the rhyme. And if you didn't get it on and you started to suffer the effects, you have antidotes in your belt and you would literally have to do the old needle to the heart for an antidote. And if you were still affected, because the antidotes aren't 100%, then you have, your last resort is the needle of Valium, the syringe of Valium, which you then inject into your heart to basically make your body sag so you die a slightly better death as opposed to spasming on the ground until you snap your own spine. Yeah. And that was called doing the funky chicken. Whoa. <laughs> Squaddy humour, hey? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's the most horrifying thing you'll ever encounter. Yeah, it's, yeah, they're not nice at all. It's a nerve they? gas, isn't it? So it just gets you sort of... It infects your nervous and... system, yeah. It's... yeah. And that's why when we had the first Gulf War, our foreign minister went over and met with Iraq's foreign minister and said, if you use that on us, we'll nuke you. Fair enough. We'll nuke Baghdad if you use that on British troops. Because it's seen as... I think it's actually seen as being more horrific than nuclear warfare. It's it, it's not a nice way to die. And most countries, in fact, pretty much every country under the Geneva Convention has said, we won't use it. But everyone develops it. I'd rather be blown away by a bomb than than that. I'll take take I'll take a nuclear death and a nuclear fireball over this any uh, over any biological weapon any day of the well, week any time. Well, what about death from nuclear poisoning compared to this? You know what? I'll still take the nuclear. I'll still take mm. the radiation. Oh, I don't know about that. It's slower, but at the same time. I don't want my eyes melting in their sockets. <laughs> I don't want to spasm until my back breaks. Ah, your face is melting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not fun. But it's World War Two, and we're about to be invaded by the Nazis. And times are tough. Thing is, we're, times are hard. We, you, I just wanted to brush upon a point you said a moment ago about the um, fact that all these countries that have signed up through the Geneva Convention to never use chemical weapons, but yet they still develop them they only develop them to be able to test to work out what they can use if it's used against them pete i fully agree and that is the official line we only develop it and have this stuff for research for defense. research purposes to make better antidotes to it yeah but when you've still got several thousand tons of it i don't think you need that much 
Well, yeah, the only time um, it's been let loose on the British public is when the government have been doing it to us in secret. Yeah, they have done experiments yeah. like that. That's probably going to be an episode for the day. Allegedly. No, well, <laughs> allegedly. No, no, it's true. They, they, they flew a plane up and down the south coast releasing a, an agent. Yep. Hmm. Seeing what it would do. Yeah, I mean, it will be an episode one day testing on yeah. your own people, yeah. Sixties. Not surprising at all. Viruses, yeah. In the crowd, they used to fly people through the mushroom clouds of nuclear tests. And you lot think that there's nobody chemtrails? <laughs> you have a little laugh. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think the. I was uh, on the fence, remember? Alright then. Alright, I'm not getting into that. <laughs> <laughs> Mike so, on the fence. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mike never, Mike's never on the fence. Mm. Well, it wouldn't surprise me. No, Churchill says to Port and Down, I want you to investigate the use of anthrax and the effects it has on humans and livestock. And the hypothetical plan was to drop anthrax-laced cattle cakes, which are fed to cows, over Germany's fields. If the livestock then ate the infected food, the infection would be passed on to any humans that consume the meat. Or alternative, the cow would die before the meat was consumed, which would still have a high effect on the country's meat supply. Once the Germans realised their meat was infected, even eating non-infected meat would be met with suspicion and fear. The project was unsurprisingly dubbed Operation Vegetarian. We'll make the bloody Germans all veggies. (laughs) That'll do the trick. Operation No Protein. Veggies aren't real men. (laughs) Well, Hitler was a vegetarian, wasn't he? Mm. Point proven then. Well, yes. <laughs> and for something this large scale and deadly, thorough testing is required. But where? It's also worth pointing out we were trying to figure out ways to make it into bombs to drop on German cities. Whether that's to end the war or as a weapon of you invade us and this is what we're going to do to you is another way, another sort of a trump card to be held, I don't know. I don't think we'd have launched as a first strike, it seems very excessive. It's not our style, is it? Not not in recent history, anyway. It's not our style to take the, the offensive. And remember that the British had suffered chemical attack in the First World War, we were on the receiving end of it the very first time it was used, and we didn't really like it. So we started using it in retaliation. In the, in the Second World War, in the run-up to the Second World War, it's worth pointing out the one thing the British government did get absolutely spot on was to issue every single man, woman and child in this country a gas mask yeah. with instructions Babies. on how to use them and regular gas mask drawers were held in workplaces, in offices, in schools. Anywhere you can imagine, they would like, like those as going gas masks on. Saved, saved. Thousands and thousands of lives that did, didn't And they? the theory always goes that the reason that Hitler never used gas or any biological weapons is because we were so well prepared it would have had zero effect. Pointless to do it, yeah. We are very good at creating deterrence, aren't we? Let's face it. Well, it was the horror of it. Uh, it really had a massive effect on people's psyches, the use of gas in the World mm-hmm. War One, Even though we used it ourselves, the images of soldiers blinded, all holding onto each other's shoulders, shuffling along and... The damage he did to people after the scarring of the lungs, things like that. It, it wasn't something that really anyone wanted to do again. Mm. Yeah, it was well nasty. We've both experienced CS gas. Yeah. Yeah. That's not nice. It's not. Which one's a CS? Then? It's pepper spray, basically. Mm. Yeah. But they take you into a gas chamber, yeah. and you're all in your NBC gear and respirator on, and they expose you, and you make sure you put the suit on, because if you start feeling effects, you do put the suit on right. You, you do that, okay, well, you know, you're going to build a tolerance to this, so you respirator off, name, rank, and number. 
And then they let you out. And then they let you out. But you're still there like, oh, I assume some people have fucking an immunity to it, a natural immunity to it. Do they? What, they, yeah. what they did to us, they, they, they don't, I don't know whether it was the same for you, they, they'd like make us jog around in this small room, probably no bigger than this really, maybe a little bit longer. Maybe, yeah, maybe four meters by three meters, just a small. What's so you out of breath when you, they take a little mask bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They so want yeah. they want you to be a little bit out of breath because they want you to feel the effects. Mm. Although they tell you to take a deep breath, and then you get called out, they'll make you take your mask off, and then they'll ask you for your name, rank, number, and they'll ask you for you have to make a declaration. This is what they did with us anyway. So you'd have to declare that you don't have any uh, matches, fusy or CS tablets on your possession. No way they were to do that. So you'd literally deep breath, mask off. I am Carter, Sergeant two five one seven two eight zero zero. The thing is you, you get you get to the first word and a lot of people start splitting. Yeah they do. Yeah. You get to I am if you're lucky you get to say I'm two five one one six nine nine five Private Mitchell Corporal. I have no matches fusey or CS tablets on my possession. And then you die in. Not literally, <laughs> but you try and say all that in one breath, mm. but you can't. No. It's so hard. You breathe in. And if, if you're not struggling, it'd keep you there and ask you a fucking question. If yeah. you're like, where are you from then, Mitchell? Yeah. Oh, I'm going for... <gasps> What's your favourite football team? Mm. Yeah. Why do you support them? And all that. And I've seen guys who just stood there for a couple of minutes and they've been completely there was, unaffected. There was one lad that it had no effect on. It's, yeah, some people have a natural immunity to it crazy and but you can build up a tolerance to cs gas oh, yeah over enough time the sas did it so when they'd like storm the arabian embassy for example they'd throw in the cs gas canisters they might have had the respirators on at the start when they're outside but that's made to cover their faces as soon as they're in they whip them off they can operate in a heavy cs gas mm. environment and have their uh, vision unimpeded by it by wearing the respirator wicked little prank if anybody listening is in the forces or, or going into the forces if you ever do the cs chamber Afterwards, later on, you have to clear out your, your respirator and your mask. You have to remove you remove the cylinder and things like that and you clean it out because the CS gas does fall as a, as a slight powder. It rises like a smoke, but it creates a powder. So one of the best things you can do is when your mate sat on his bunk all chilling, you take off your CS cylinder, because that's what it is now. <laughs> it's, it's no longer a, just a, a nice clean cylinder because it's got CS powder in it essentially. Mm. And you just go and blow it the other way into their face whilst they're relaxing on the bed. And they get a bit of CS powder in their face. And it's a right bastard thing to do, but it's so funny. See, my brothers were in the forces for about three or four years before I went in. And the one told me this great little trick. So I remembered it, and when I did it, one of the lads that was a bit of a knob, thought, I'll get you. <laughs> funny as fuck. It's not that the effects aren't as bad. No, but it's but his annoying. eyes were streaming for about ten minutes. It is annoying. I always remember one chap who didn't clean his gas mask out properly. Went on the shooting range the next day and his eyes were streaming. <laughs> streaming. This, this is why you have crying to crying in that mask. Yeah, this yeah. is why you clean it out afterwards. Yes, yeah, so right, let's just carry on enough of our anecdotes. Operation <laughs> Vegetarian needed an isolated testing ground a safe distance away from the general population, as well as prying eyes. And Grunyard Island, sitting only one kilometre off the Scottish coast, was considered the ideal location. Fuck's sake. The island was purchased from the owner for £500 and the government vowed to return the land to the original owner of the uh, original owner or the owner's descendants for the same price when it was deemed safe. 
Port and Down designated the island Base X, and the testing of Operation Vegetarian began in 1942. 500 quid, nice. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 500 pounds was a reasonable amount of money back then, though. 1942. Yeah, not bad for an island. Not bad it? for a, a, a tiny island that no one lives on. The most people that lived on there was six people, and even they moved off. It's just a, a windswept <laughs> bit of rock off the coast of Scotland. A bit like Falklands, then. Yeah, the trees managed to keep, keep them. <laughs> Lots more of this is, though, isn't it? Yeah, this is like a couple of kilometres. It's like 400 acres or something like that. Uh, it is a really little island. Yeah, there. it's tiny. Is it Shetland way, is it? Is it up that way? Is North, it? it's off the coast of Scotland, yeah. With the assistance of the Navy, researchers brought 80 sheep to Grunyard Island where they were tethered down in groups. Anthrax bombs were then detonated near the sheep to determine Aww. if anthrax spores could survive the bombing. Researchers discovered the spores could in fact survive when only uh, three days after being infected all the sheep were dead. Fucking hell. The tests also concluded that anthrax spores could remain in the soil for decades. Additional tests took place on the island in the summers of 1942 and 1943 with a total of 22 anthrax bombs releasing 300,000 billion spores and killing an unknown amount of sheep in the name of biological warfare. I changed my mind on wanting to come back as a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that'd be quite a nice simple life. Not anymore. When they realised that this was going to work, Churchill ordered... Like a million bombs to be made of this stuff. Mm. Okay, when the US sort of said, hey, um, you know, what are you doing there? Calm down there a bit, lad. He said, uh, any chances we can place an order for a further two to three million of these bombs? Fortunately, the effort to produce said bombs meant that by the time the 1943 rolls around and the Allies are clearly on the up and up, because the war's effectively lost in '42 when the Germans lose at Stalingrad. It's only down, then down to the Allies to launch a successful invasion of Western Europe that they didn't need to use this stuff. Pretty mm -hmm. good job. It is. Yeah. The testing for Operation Vegetarian wasn't all smooth sailing. To dispose of the sheep carcasses, researchers gathered them into caves on Grunyard Island, which were then bombed to bury the remains. However, the blast from the bombs have unintentionally thrust some anthrax-infected carcasses out oh, into the sea. fuck's sake. It's said that 62 animals on the mainland near Grunyard Bay died, including seven cattle, two horses, three cats and over 20 local sheep, after a dog ate an infected Grunyard Island carcass that washed ashore in 1943. When documents were declassified in 1999, they showed that some scientists working on the island were gravely concerned with their research would cause an epidemic. And it's also alleged that teenagers with little experience were hired by Portendown to help with the experiments. <laughs> Squeaky voiced teen from The Simpsons like, Hey mister, this anthrax is making me nauseous. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> I'm itchy. <laughs> A small example of the sketchy details surrounding an even sketchier government-led study. What they said was, yeah, that's that disease your animals have got. It's, it's come off a Greek ship. That disease, that carcass from off a Greek ship. Greece are paying for it, don't worry. So they just threw money at them to shut yeah. them up, basically. Never. So the Greeks are footing the bill, don't worry. They just threw some money at them to shut them up to cover up the fact People could have died. They could have. They really could have. Maybe they did. Possibly did. Maybe it's just been covered up. 
Well, who's to say? It's or not known. And the thing is, I mean, it really could have caused a major issue in a Britain that was already struggling to feed its population. Mm-hmm. If you've now got an anthrax epidemic in the, in the Scottish cattle lands, yeah. you've got an issue, haven't you? Yeah. 62 animals could have become 600 animals, 6,000. <laughs> then you're looking at everyone's meat rations getting mm. cut. I don't reckon we'd be enjoying Aberdeen Angus so much at, anymore, would we, if that no, was the case? No, maybe not. Well, I've got some Aberdeen Angus burgers at home. It's, oof. There is a video to watch if you want to watch it, although it would have warning the video below. The video is an animal lover's nightmare and contains scenes of animal testing, death and distress, and I didn't really want to watch that in all fairness. Oh, I was going to say, are we watching it? We can. Do you want to watch it or not? I'm not really down for that. There's enough shit in the world, I don't need shit from fucking 80 years ago. Yeah, I'm just intrigued. It's one of them I'm intrigued to see, that's all for me. It's not that like I want to watch it, yeah, it's just isn't cheap for it. Look the television down the sheep there, you can see it. Mm. Yeah. Got your Velcro gloves on as well, yeah. I bet he has. <laughs> now, after a series of tests in 1971, this island is still fucking off limits in 1971. It's that contaminated. 30 years nearly later. Scientists yeah. determined that while there were no longer anthrax spores on the surface, the soil was still infected six inches underground. Yeah, definitely not licking it then. <laughs> Signs were placed on the coast and on the island warning visitors that the ground contained anthrax and the site was forbidden. At this time, that was pretty much all the government did to fix the problem, the abandoned and deadly yeah. island. Just, just leave it, it'll just be alright. Put some signs yeah, up and no one it. will go there. It's the weather, it'll be fine. It's a very British yeah. way of dealing with things. They're in some awesome looking futuristic buggy though. It does look like it's a moon buggy, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I love the buggy. They've been ripping that round the island, they've just tore it up to fuck. <laughs> yeah, six <laughs> inches, let's do some donuts, Frank. <laughs> let's tear it up six inches. Yeah, and then they just put a few signs around and I thought, well, what can we do, eh? That'll do. No one will come to it yet. Should we go and clean it? Of course, it? at the same time, denying anything. Yeah, completely denying it. Nothing to see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another 50 years, do you reckon it's safe now, yeah? Yes, it is apparently you can go there, though why would you want to? Because it is literally just a windswept, barren piece of rock. Should we not go claim it? No, I think it's been sold back to the owner, the original owner, the yeah. descendants of the owner now. They go off for 500 quid? They said they'd give it back when it was safe. Okay, let's find the owners and see if we can get it back off them for 500 quid again. We don't live on Anthrax Island. Don't create Island. our own fucking. What's that? That other little place, the Sealand. Sealand. Yeah, there's a big difference, mate, because Sealand's not infected with anthrax. Yeah, but that might not be anymore. Try and grow some turnips and we'll find out. You can eat them first. I'll feed them some sheep first. No, 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 no. You will live there. You eat them. With rising sea levels, anthrax island might be disappeared in a, you know, another decade, two decades. You don't know, do you? That's true enough. And then all that's absorbed into the sea, poisoning the water even more. Oh dear, well, Anthrax C. Anthrax C. You know, I am aware that obviously Anthrax is also the name of a metal band, I'm going to put that out. I haven't mentioned it yet. It's just I'm not really a massive Anthrax fan. Neither am I. Hence the lack of riffs. It's still quite metal. It is pretty metal. Like a couple of songs. So at the time, this is pretty much all the government did to fix the problem of the abandoned and deadly island. So it's unsurprising that in 1981 a group emerged demanding the government officially decontaminate the island and they had a creative way of getting their point across. 
Now, according to an article in Time from 1981, Operation Dark Harvest, that's <laughs> metal as fuck. That's a cool name. Or Dark Harvest Commando. Better than Operation Vegetarian. Also metal as fuck. Demanded that the government made a real effort to decontaminate the island by burying the infected soil under layers of concrete sand and other materials, or by removing it from the island and burying it at another site. They also suggested soaking the entire island in a potassium permanganate solution and even raising the temperature on the island for 1,000 degrees C for two minutes in order to kill the remaining anthrax spores. Good idea. Just glass it. Yeah, it's a really good idea, that potassium permanganate. Well, yeah, fucking great idea. Did they do that? No. No, no the government was like, no, nah, no, nah, it's, it's all right. But what a great idea. Heat it up to 1,000 degrees for a couple of minutes. Cost money, Pete. Cost money they don't want to spend when the current solution's working perfectly well. Yeah, just pretend it never happened. Yeah. Ignore it. Yeah. Bury it under the sand, essentially. That's exactly what it is, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Along with their heads. The solution work. The solution we've got in place is working perfectly well. Nobody's no one's had, hard. No one's had anthrax in, in sixty years, and we're fine. Well, it was until Dark Harvest turned up. Until Dark Harvest turned up, they then claimed to have landed on the island, collected three hundred pounds of the infected soil for the purpose of distributing it to key locations around the country. Government offices. Yeah, and this is where the line between protest and terrorism becomes a bit murky, <laughs> isn't it? The first package of the quote Seeds of Death <laughs> That sounds like an anthrax song. That's it's yeah. just that's trying too hard at this point. I bet that is an anthrax it, fucking it possibly song. Is. Look, you've called yourself Operation Dark Harvest and you've got Dark Harvest Commandos and that's cool as fuck, right? Seeds of Death is try hard. <laughs> you know? That's tr- that's pushing it too much. What do you call it? I dunno man, I just, like, I just wouldn't I wouldn't call it anything. You should oh, send them that shit to death and nothing. Soil of fluffiness. Soil. <laughs> <laughs> the first package of the seeds of death, weighing ten pounds, was delivered near Port and Down. Dark Harvest Commando's statement on the matter read, and I'll quote them: Port and Down has just received a gift from Grunyard Island, the first of many. When the soil was tested, it was found to contain anthrax spores. Another package of soil was delivered to Blackpool where the Conservative Party was holding a conference. Uh. Hmm. Uh. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that one. I feel okay. <laughs> I'm kind of conflicted here. <laughs> so am I. So am I. It's terrorism at the same time. I kind of like it. Yeah. <laughs> Joke. Yeah, well, of course. Don't condone that shit. That's satire. No, obviously it's terrorism, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. While the soil was similar to that found on Gunyard Island, it did not contain anthrax, oh. so they put it bushed out on that one. <laughs> oh, see, Mike's off the fence for once. <laughs> there were also unconfirmed rumours that other bags of soil were delivered, one allegedly to Prince William. It would have been born at the time. Yeah, he would have been not born at the time. He was born in the same year as us. He's a year older than me. He's, 1982 yeah. he was born. He's 81, same as me, I think. Nah, Do you know? Yeah, he's, he's, he's a year older than me. He's, he's, he's the same age as Mike, so he's 40, 41. 41. Happy birthday, Mike. We haven't actually <laughs> mentioned your birthday on the air. Oh, when was your birthday? Thursday. Was it? Yeah, doesn't matter. Seriously? <laughs> I didn't celebrate anyway. For fuck's sake, happy birthday. I don't Mike. want to be 41. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why I'm being 39 again next year. <laughs> I didn't even have a fucking clue. 
Did not know. Nah, June 82. Okay. No, I remember he's... I don't know if this is going age. on for a bit, they're not all doing it in one year. Yeah, okay, yeah, but... I'm pretty way, much 82. Bit... I mean, I'm only a couple of yeah, weeks well, off yeah, 80, yeah. 82. Still, you're older than me. Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> only Fucker. the Port and Down and Blackpool packages were known to be true. Yeah, so, I, I think the Prince William one's bullshit. Uh, Who bullshit on that one? Now, the individuals behind Operation Dark Harvest were never identified, but some believe it was a group of locals near Grunyard Island who were tired of living near a dangerous anthrax-contaminated site. Which makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, whether or not the threat successfully swayed the government, a clean-up effort began later that year. The topsoil was removed and the remaining soil, covering 196 hectares, was sprayed with 280 tonnes of formaldehyde solution that had been diluted in seawater. To test the long-term effects of the decontamination, a flock of sheep was left on the island, and four years later, in 1986, the sheep were found to have survived happy and healthy. Sweet. That's good to know, though, because they're eating the grass directly from the soil, aren't they? Yeah. So Yeah, as long as they're not fucking selling that them sheep or two as food, what are the odds? We might have eaten the odds. that can't be good. Well... That would That's probably going to cause more problems in the future, maybe, who knows? Well, well yeah. I don't know, formaldehyde, it would just break down within a couple of years, that would. So, it would just turn into all the different alkalis and acids that are in the soil anyway. I don't uh, know, there is a big problem about, that, isn't it, leaking from coffins and stuff. I'm sure it's formaldehyde. It's what they embalm bodies yeah. with. Mm. It's leaking into the soil now. Oh, that's good. That's, there's a switch. Some good news. Of course, isn't it? It's, it's in the body when they're buried. Yeah, yeah. Coffins and the body You know, they use them... Um, when they embalm you, they use a butt plug. Mm. You will have a butt plug in you when you're dead, by the way. It's obviously anal leakage. Never. Mike's going to need a really big one. <laughs> I'll need two. He's have to have a little sign on his butt cheeks when he's died, like... Get the extra large. <laughs> <laughs> Wide load. <laughs> what do they say about you, Mike? Oh, well, I'm used to it. <laughs> he likes butt plugs. <laughs> he showed me them. <laughs> he showed me his collection, man. That's quite an impressive collection. Fair play. Pete wanted to buy them, but they're not for sale. <laughs> he let me borrow one at least. No. <laughs> well, yeah, oh, whatever floats your boat, guys. Whatever, for, no judgment here. How did we get to butt plugs? Jesus, come on, carry on. <laughs> After being quarantined for 48 years, Grunyard Island was officially declared decontaminated on the 24th of April 1990. And to announce the safety of the long forbidden island, Junior Defence Minister Michael Newbert visited Grunyard Island and was photographed removing the warning signs. Yay! And licking the soil? No. no. Oh. But no, it's like the junior minister. I know, yeah. <laughs> Just in case. Yeah. Send the junior, lads. <laughs> but everyone felt the island was safe for humans and animals. And in 2001, archaeologist Dr Brian Moffat told the BBC that his team had found buried anthrax spores at a medieval hospital excavation near Edinburgh. He warned that since those anthrax spores had survived hundreds of years, that the same was possible for Grunyard Island. He said, and I'll quote him, I would not go walking on Grunyard if anthrax is still active at this medieval hospital site. There is no reason to suppose it has not survived on more recent sites. It is a very resilient and deadly 
bacterium. So they're, you know, they're surviving in a medieval site for hundreds of years. Has that formaldehyde done the job? Was it a quickie clean-up? Can you trust the government to actually do anything right? Will the formaldehyde penetrate six inches of the ground as well? Because that's mm. what they were, where they were saying it was. Do you know what, though? They turned the topsoil over, didn't they? They got rid of yeah, the topsoil. Yeah. I never realised that to be scared of anthrax still. Like, just when I'm doing me fucking Indiana Jones shit and raiding tombs and that, I've got to watch out for anthrax. <laughs> Well, in your mind, yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. It just adds to it, doesn't it? You know. Well, Bloody the pressure hell. the pressure of your mental <laughs> fantasy. That just adds to the pressure. Man, you're too hard on yourself. Just enjoy the fantasy, Pete. I don't think you dig it up corpses from the churchyard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Makes yeah. you Indiana Jones. No, I don't think it does either. <laughs> I have a whip and a hat. And I suppose it's kangaroo leather. But still... <laughs> It just seems somewhat necrophilic to me, <laughs> having the whip. I only made love to one of them. <laughs> oh, 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 the whip. Oh, um. The whip's an interesting <laughs> fact. I mean, what, what are you doing with the whip to these bodies? I mean, it's... <laughs> so, do you think that the British government would have anthrax-bombed cities should we have become invaded during Operation Sea Lion because the Nazi plan to invade Britain. Do you think we'd have retaliated with anthrax bombs on German cities? Maybe if we'd have had to. Maybe would have. I think we were doing quite well with the firebombing. Not really in at that point. Wasn't it? No, we're talking 1943. 43, yeah, okay, the firebombing's coming in, the Americans are in, aren't they? Mm. We're doing pretty well with that. But at the same time, we're not, we're safe invasion at that point it's 42, I mean, 41, we're, 40, we're very much up for the threat. 41, it's diminished. 42, it's still a possibility because the Americans are still coming over yet to arrive in massive numbers because you've had the Operation Torch landings in North Africa. So yeah, the but Hitler had put all his forces in the east at that point. At that they? point, yeah, so invasion of Britain is very unlikely. Mm. So it was a waste of time. Well, it was a waste of time, wasn't it? It was, I guess it was, for the time, the, the timing of it. I think it was just a case of don't put all your eggs in one basket kind of thing. Have as many different options as you can have, I suppose. Maybe it was just, just that. I mean, there's always the fear that Germany would get atomic weapons first. They led the world in atomic research. Mm. We didn't know where they were up to, the same as they didn't know where the Americans were up to with the, the Manhattan Project, so... If they'd have got an atomic weapon, they would have used it, the Germans, I feel. To end the war. If they could force the, if they could force the West well, Allies... So they were getting their asses kicked. Yeah, they're, they're losing the Russians. If they can drop a bomb on London and say, help us against Russia and all's forgiven... Well, they're going to drop one on London, one on Moscow and one on well, Washington, aren't they? In all fairness, they'd probably drop it on the Red Army columns heading mm. screaming towards uh, the fatherland, wouldn't they? Just wipe out a couple of Soviet armies. But remember, these things take time to produce. It's not like you've got a stockpile on them already. Yeah, and what, what's our Operation Vegetarian going to do after they've nuked London? And well, they've only, got, they've only got one of those bombs, and we've got a million virus bombs. There's your answer. They've got one, we've lost London. We've got All we've got to do is bomb their cities with these things, and we've, we're wiping out the population. Hmm. God, fucking good job it never happened and came to Well, it is, I mean, really. Yeah, I mean, that's a hypothetical what if, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's alternate history, which I do love. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think we'd have used them just off the bat without anything. 
And then again, we still ordered three million of bloody things. Well, Nick, well, nearly did. Well, nearly if we weren't going to say one in 43, 44, we might have done. That's it, yeah, who knows? Like I say, it was one of those options. It was like, maybe not at the top of the list, but it was probably one of the backups, wasn't it? That they had thought, right, okay, if it comes to it, we can do this, we can produce this many in quick time. Get us out of a, a knot if we need to. Yeah, I suppose you got to look at British manpower in '43 is dwindling. Yeah, becoming more reliant on the Americans. Uh, '44 Don't invasion. Don't say that, bloody hell! Oh, it's, it's sadly true. That. I mean, they'll fucking if, jump all if, over um, that. If D-Day <laughs> hadn't worked and we'd have taken loads of casualties, we'd have struggled to do another one. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've been in a war for four years at that point. We're looking; it's looking grim. Mm. Grunyard Island today, obviously, still there. The decontamination of it, understandably, garnered a ton of press. Because of the extensive media coverage, misinformation was bound to slip through the cracks. And in a world before the internet, misinformation was difficult to correct swiftly. Although it's not really that swift on the internet, is it? No. It's even more of a minefield now, isn't it? Of course it is. Yeah. As previously mentioned, the island was originally purchased from the owners for £500. And according to the contract, would be resold to the family or the heir of the family for the same price. However, the press spread the story that Grunyard Island was for sale for the very low price of five hundred pounds to actually anyone who wanted it. Obviously, this was a massive bargain and entirely false. So, various government departments began receiving requests from all over the world to buy the small piece of Scottish land. An individual from Australia even wrote to the Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher at the time. Often to buy the island for £1,000, doubling the asking price. Despite all the confusion, the island was already sold back to the heir of the original family to the great disappointment of many keen international and local buyers. Can you visit it? No. No, you can't. The current owners have asked that people refrain from travelling to their island, which is probably uh, a good thing. And there's nothing really there worth seeing anyway. There's a healthy population of sheep and rabbits, but that's it. It is ever so close to the shore, only a kilometre away, that should you drive along the uh, A832 from Gerlock, you can see it. Oh, right, so it's proper close then. Yeah. Yeah. You can... So that's a picture even, up here where you can see it. That makes it fucking all 50 times worse, really. I mean, there it is. It is all... It's, it's there. The fact that that's so fucking close as well, and yeah. they're dropping these... Fucking chemical weapons on there. And they weren't dropping the bombs. They were just letting them off at ground level. Either way, how did they not not know at that point that spores would have travelled across quite easily with a gust of fucking wind? Well, that's it. That's the problem, isn't it? Wind is is key Mm -hmm. in the the release of any chemical weapon. I mean, in the First World War, the first time the Brits used gas, the wind changed and came back ass. Which is why people started putting it in artillery shells after that. Because before, they were just, these canisters were led to the front, thrown over the top of the trenches and opened. If the wind was going your way, it took the gas towards the enemy. If the wind changes, it comes back at you. Happened a lot of times. Everyone happened a few times, certainly. And remember that carcass washed up on shore in '43 and killed 62 Infected, animals? Yeah. yeah. Could have been a lot worse, that. Huh? Yeah, Could have been yeah, a lot definitely. worse. But you know, when the, when the wolves are at the door and your back's against the wall, you'll try anything. It's a stupid place to test it, though. Oh, it's a stupid place to test it. I didn't realise it was so close to shore. Yeah. When that just. 
Yeah, if it was like one of these little islands that's fucking 40 miles out in the middle of the ocean, away from everything else, fair dinghams, but it was fucking a thousand metres out. I could almost throw a stone that far. <laughs> All right, Hulk. Not quite. <laughs> All right, not quite. But you know what I mean? It's You, you can certainly fucking piss that far. Got a strong wind behind you. The <laughs> yeah. right Superman. No, you know what I mean though. It's close, isn't it? It's really. It's too. It's very close. close, close it's, very, it's far too close to be conducting potentially deadly biological experiments. That's what I don't get. If they were in testing, the open air, if they were doing it in some kind of enclosed laboratory thing, I'd feel better about it. But if they were just testing like a dynamite or something, something that goes boom, well, fair enough. But a fucking chemical weapon, for fuck's sake. Use your heads, 1943 English people. Knobheads. <laughs> yeah. British people. Br- sorry, British. Don't put it all on the English. British people, they probably were all Brit- English, though, weren't they? Maybe, who's to say? More who's to say? Likely. So, yeah, there is the tale of Anthrax Island. Scary as fuck. Just the fact that I didn't know anthrax was something to be worried about. Oh, yeah, it's really fucking deadly. Didn't realise it was a, yeah. a bacteria. I thought it was a, like a cocaine. It was just a made-up chemical fucking powder. That's well, what I thought anthrax well, was. Well, cocaine is natural, isn't it? Yeah, I know, but you know what I mean? Obviously, well, not the powder from, form. You it comes from something, it doesn't it, obviously. Yeah. But that's what I thought. It was just manufactured from something to create this vicious powder. That's how I always... Thought it was. Mm. Mad. Oh, no. no. Now you know. And knowing is half the battle. <laughs> yeah. Every day's a school day. Yeah, man. Fucked up facts. Yeah. Fucked up facts. Theme tune, please. Facts, facts. facts. Fucked up facts. 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 Oh. <laughs> All right, Mike. Here's with some knowledge. In 2011, the Romanian government started requiring witches pay taxes on their earnings. Huh? Yeah, well... The witches promptly cursed the government. <laughs> <laughs> Presumably nothing happened, so... I don't know. Did you Romania. Romania. And why would you declare yourself a witch? Uh, I, I'm guessing it's Romany what, witches and that, isn't it? Wicca, Romany witches. Is it an official religion in Romania? Maybe are they taxing the Christians as well in that scenario? You're probably finding it's probably the, not. Um, it's the travellers. Want it? to go back to the crystal balls or that? Oh yeah, because that's what I said. Yeah, because the travellers wouldn't pay taxes, would mm. they? Generally, which is why they're travellers normally. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, maybe it's. Something like that because they I'm do rake it in, don't they? Fortune telling and that. Mm-hmm. Maybe. In 1850, a cult gave 600 acres in Pennsylvania to God. They're still there? Who? This, this no. area, the 600 acres. Yeah, it's still there. I don't think the cult is. Yeah, that's a shame. It was later repossessed by the state because God did not pay his taxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there's the proof. Where's God getting this tax money from? <laughs> Surely from the money in the churches, I guess. I suppose he'd have to go and have a word with the Pope, wouldn't he? Mm. Mm. Yeah. They're as tight as a duck's arse. They are. Don't get me started on that, Claire. Be here all night. <laughs> in 1871, lawyer Clement Vallandingham was defending a client accused of murder. 
in demonstrating how the victim might have accidentally shot himself, he accidentally shot himself. Uh, and he died. Uh, okay. Oh dear. But the client was acquitted. Hey! <laughs> well, he proved it beyond doubt that he never yeah, possibly did. accidentally do it. Told you so. <laughs> Told you so. Yeah. All right. That was lawyering by example. Yeah. I love it. Best damn lawyer in the world. Oh, yeah. She really gave her one case, though, didn't it? Yeah. Actually, <laughs> one good lawyer. Yeah. A dead one. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Dale Winton started his broadcast career on United Biscuits Industrial Radio. Well, Dale I Winton. Bet no one who knows Dale, Dale Winton. No, is no one outside the UK is no. who Dale Winton is. You he know, is a yeah. yeah. He did a few. He was a popular daytime TV presenter for many, many years. As camp as a row of pink tents. He's, that, <laughs> that's what he was famous for. Let's face it. Supermarket sweepers, all right. Well, I loved it. Before they are painted, BMW dust their cars down with emu feathers. Interesting. Maybe they something to do with static, so when they dust gets on it or something. I like to think there's, there's all these unpainted BMWs in a warehouse, and they just let these emus run through. Just run past them. Run past them. They're all lined up in tight lines, so the emus have to run down the tight lines. Or you just make get through, and they're brushing their feathers against it. Or take a shot as they're running. Or picture this, you know, when you go to like a drive through uh, car wash. Yeah. Emus, just like spiked from the top and the bottom, like put on a spit and just spun around, and the car just gets driven through. And be a lot of blood, though. These spinning emus just. No. Be a lot of blood. The car. Yeah, maybe. I'm seeing some really nice mitts. <laughs> emu, emu feather mitts. Mm. <laughs> I was just Being in all fairness. I just picture a tickle stick with emu feathers on. <laughs> oh, another one probably most of the listeners will not understand. <laughs> oh, he's a stick with some emu feathers on the end. Does anybody know what a collective noun for a group of ghost writers is? No. A group of ghost writers. Yeah. A gaggle of ghost writers. <laughs> Something sp- spectral, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like a haunting of ghost oh, writers. Very close. A fright of ghost writers. Oh. A fright. Yeah. Hmm. I prefer a gaggle. <laughs> gaggle of ghostwriters. The last widow of a US Civil War veteran died in 2020. I've heard that, yeah. What? Yep. US Civil War fought between 1861 and 1865. She was very... It, what, what it is... What, what, right. They could pass... Obviously very young when she married an old bloke from the US Civil War. They could actually pass that on to kids, and I think it's the kid, a very young child from the Civil War, who was like, just died in 2012 or something like that. I don't know, I can't remember. No, a Civil War veteran, someone that fought. Oh, right, fuck. But they were fighting at nine. The wife of a veteran. They were fighting at nine. There we go. They were fighting at nine. The wife of a veteran. Yeah. So the wife must... The last widow. So that she must have been old. She must have been young when yeah. she married a much older man then. So he yeah. was he was the one that was fighting the war. Yeah. He could have died in 1940 or something. She might have married him in 1936. Yeah. She might have been seven. Yeah. 17, oh. probably. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's impressive though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. When you... When you when you said the figures, it was like, what? Yeah. She's like 150? <laughs> That's like the, the thing that comes into your head instantly, isn't it? Well, 
she must be 150. But no, obviously not. Mm. She must have been, he must have been a lot fucking older than yeah. her. Yeah, just after his pension probably. Must have been a lot older than her. Because she can't have been, uh, what does it say how old she was when she died? No. So she... She could have been 100. Yeah, but you think she could have been 110, 115. Because of, but yeah. no no older than that, which no. would mean... Yeah, he must, well, have, he must have been in his fucking 50s or 60s maybe when she married him. Either way, it's fucking mm. old. Yeah. Sounds like a yeah. gold digger. Mm. Gold yeah, digger, yeah, yeah, totally. Do you ever wondered why you notice you always have room for dessert? Always. My children always do it. You leave I'm friend. full! I can't eat that! Alright, and what's for pudding? Yeah. <laughs> you said you can't eat that, you're full. Oh, but I can eat pudding. Yeah, and they're right, do you know why? Your stomach expands in contact with sugar. So it'll always find a bit of room yeah. for a bit of pudding. Uh, yep. I'm going to keep that fact away from my children. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just want pudding now, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> like, always find a bit oh, of room for a bit yeah. of cake. Mm. Oh, a bit of apple crumble and custard or something. Anything. Always find a bit of room for that. In 2013, the town of Brunette, Spain, instituted a new programme to make dog owners pick up after their pooches. They recruited volunteers to watch for anyone leaving poop on the streets and then mailed it back to the dog owners. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of cool. <laughs> I know people that have done that with like McDonald's food and things like that, like where they've seen them chuck it out the window, they've like followed them over and posted it through the letterbox and things. <laughs> dedication? Yeah, it is. That's a lot of dedication. Yeah. One more, Mike? Yep. Yeah. Let's find a good one. Apparently stressed men prefer big butts. Interesting. Apparently. It's not exactly a fact, is it, Mike? Well, no, I, I added the word <laughs> apparently, but yes, yeah, stressed men prefer big butts. Why? Doesn't make sense, does it? No. <laughs> you think we'd like a big bosom to sort of bury our head in between and go, ah, there we go. Hmm. Oh, well. There we go. Oh. I like Bing's whole new meaning the line, I like big butts and I cannot lie, doesn't mm. it? Obviously that man was under severe amounts of stress. <laughs> and on that note, let's end the show. I've been Ben, thank you very much for listening. Don't drink the favourite and don't join a cult. I've been Mike, thanks for listening. Peace out, may the force be with you. I've been Claire, keep an open mind but not so open that it spills out your ears. And I've been Pete, take it easy. Take it easy.